Am I making any sense? Another episode of Am I Making Sense? It's been a while since I've done a podcast, but I'm very happy to be back with my buddy, fellow comedian, Melanie Calabrese, or Calabrese, however we want to go. But I wanted to get the Calabrese. <laughs> I wanted to make it an attempt with that. There you go. <laughs> so Melanie, I, I kick off, you know, since I've been doing the podcast through Zoom, I want to kick off the only way that I know how to in this day and age. Uh, okay. Are you okay? Oh, good question. <laughs> right now, I am okay. Okay, good. <laughs> good. But, you know, uh, I think I've had like maybe three meltdowns, you know, since March, like, like crying all day meltdowns. But yeah, today, today's a good day. Good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I have been really obviously, you know, I everyone's trying to just keep a stiff upper lip and and power through any way they can, and I try to keep positive. Um, but you know, I've been telling people this the last few days. Yeah. If we've had, if we had had even one event in 2020, um, like the events we've had cascading one after another, if we've had one of them in a year, we'd been like. Wow, that was 2020. Remember 2020? There was that big fire, or you remember 2020? There was that uh, that pandemic, or you remember like? But we have it just keeps going every week. There's something yeah. new that you just go, yeah. oh my god! And this last one was when I, I that I had that emotion, you know, not to, yeah. to TMI, but when no, I okay. when I walked out in the morning and I saw the sky because we'd yes. we've been having we've been having heat wave and smoke. Um, Yes. You know, we're, we're both South Bay. We got fires to our East, our West, our South. It's yes. just been choking. But I went out and I said, oh my God, these fires are literally choking out the sun. Totally. And I just felt so heavy. I was like, oh, like I wanted to just cry right then and there. Cause I go, I, I how many more things, <laughs> how many more things are going to come and happen in this short amount of time that is just going to be like repeated punch in the face, punch in the face, yes. punch in the face. Yes. I mean, I went outside with my dog and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And then it got, it's been hot. And then it, yesterday, um, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday got cool. It's got right? chilly. It got like fall, late fall chilly because of the smoke. And I was like laying on my couch and I had like a, I have to get a jacket out. I'm like, yep. oh. yep. I have COVID. I think I have a fever. I'm freezing right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So yesterday. I, I thought I did because I was cold. <laughs> yeah. You were probably shivering because I was shivering today. And I walked yes. in and I told my wife, I said, you know, on principle, I don't want to put a jacket on because two days ago it was 106 degrees. Yes. So yes. to put a jacket on, I feel like I need to, I need to enjoy the cold right now. But it yes. was chilly. It was legit chilly. Yes, it was. It was. It was bizarre. So weird. This is so weird. So yeah, I have this background right now for anyone who's listening or, or watching on YouTube. I have the background that um, shows the Bay Bridge with a nice, uh, either that, that's, that's a sunset. Yeah, that's a sunset. A nice sunset. Um, no, no smoke because, you know, hopefully we get back there and this is how we want to remember things. Totally. Uh, but it's been a, man, this year has been a whopper of a year. 
Yes, yes, it has been. It has been a hard year. It's everything, you know. It's just one thing after another. It's madness. But I think the most important question right now, you have a very controversial statement on the Zoom. Oh. Melanie Calabrese does not like (laughs) Cobra Kai. What is that about? (laughs) Now, I should say, for anyone listening, I don't know anything about Cobra Kai. I was a huge karate kid uh, fan in the 80s. I was too. Yeah. But actually, let let me qualify that. I really only liked the first one. I know there were some other ones, but they just yes. made no impression on me whatsoever. I couldn't tell you what they were about. I don't know the plot lines. I just remember that first one. There were some really iconic scenes in there. Yes. And um, it was, I'm going back through the 80s movie catalogs, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm watching them. And there's something about the aesthetic of the 80s. Now, obviously, I'm biased because mm-hmm. those were my, I guess what you would call my golden years. No, not yeah. golden years. Me um, too. Golden years are when I'm old, right? I, I guess what I'm- golden. Your, your first golden, you could have a second. My golden golden is your old, old, and maybe golden is your teen. Maybe. You know what I might've been thinking? That there was that TV show in the 80s called Wonder Years. Maybe I meant to call it my Wonder Years. Well, you know, that's a good comparison. Yes. I, yeah, I remember the Wonder Years. I was babysitting the Hurleys, Molly and um, Hurley, uh, and I was on the couch, and there comes this TV show, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool, The Wonder Years. I'll never forget, and yeah. I was just drawn to it. I love The Wonder Years. I, was, I liked it, too. I'm pretty sure I watched every, every episode. Um, who was it? The, who, who was the girl? I, I forget the name of the girl. Winnie. The, that's right. There you go, Winnie, and then uh, whatever the boy's name was, I don't know. Um, and then the kid with the glasses, I remember a lot of people when Marilyn Manson came out, they said, oh, he's the kid from Wonder Years, but it was just a rumor. That wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm thinking of Wonder Years, but where I was going with this is, I think the aesthetic of 80s movies, to me, it still mm-hmm. holds up. It still holds up mm-hmm. in 2020, and as far as just a um, like a real true escape, a cinematic escape. These yeah. 80s, movie, 80s movies, they do it for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, um, I, I love Karate Kid. I remember seeing it in the theater and um, the first Karate Kid. The second one I liked too, but I really can't remember it. The third mm-hmm. one I never really saw. It was kind of like, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It, it does. It's just kind of like, I like 16 Candles. I like oh, um, so Breakfast cool. Club. <laughs> Breakfast you know Club. What? That yeah. is, I, I don't know how many times I've watched that movie, but every time I watch it, I, I just love it. I don't know what it, and if you think about it, that movie was so simple, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the di- yeah. it was dialogue between five people. Yeah. Yeah, five people in a library, mm-hmm. and and that's it. And then you had the one authoritarian uh, character, the the detention teacher. Yes, and you follow you followed him through some of the areas in their escape scene. You, but it was such a simple movie. But every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, that hit the spot. Yeah, because they don't really go anywhere else. They're like, nope. they're in that. Um, library and then they go in the closet and stuff and let me tell you about the um breakfast club so my um i am a twin and i have a younger sister is younger and so we loved the breakfast club right and we were coming to age i think we were like maybe oh eighth grade maybe ninth grade i don't remember but we were just becoming teenagers you know yeah yeah we were watching it 
And my dad was convinced our sassy attitudes, because we started getting like talking back to him yeah. and wanting yeah. to stay out late, not even stay out late. We were, I wasn't that bad of a kid, but none of us okay. were sister was she made up for it but like you know sassy attitudes and you're you know that the phrase of you're grounded indefinitely yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) he was convinced it was the the breakfast club and we had a we (laughs) so he'll probably listen to this my mom and dad they're hilarious so we had a vhs tape and my dad was so convinced that he taped over it. He was so pissed off that we watched oh, it. Like no. It's that movie. You girls, you never used to do that. <laughs> so yeah. now it's a running joke in our family. The Breakfast Club ruined me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it is funny. We laugh about it, right? Because, I mean, I have two daughters. And oh, yes. unfortunately, they're good kids. They're good kids. Like overall, um, there's still a lot of sweetness, but they've been sassy for years and they're eight and 10. I mean, literally they've been sassy probably since age six, but it, com- it comes in spurts. And I, and I will say this, I think to some extent, um, I, I will agree with your dad a little bit about something, not about the story, not about the movie, but I will agree. There's something about outside media influence. Like they get hooked on their little YouTube stories or whatever oh, they're yeah. doing. And it's hard to pull them away from that screen. And the majority oh, yeah. of the fights that we get into with our daughters for right now, I mean, I know we have much bigger fights to come down <laughs> the road, but for now, the big fights are all around um, screen time is over. You know, like oh, we have yeah. time and it's like, okay, no more. Sh- no, 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 one more. I have to do this or I have to see this. Like, no, 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 you're done. You're done. And then it always yep. turns into a fight and sometimes the yelling and you're stupid and you know, the, the meltdowns that, uh, that kids have around. And there. now that you're, you're doing the remote learning, it's the distance learning. It's like, there's lots of screen time all the time. Right. I, yeah. I, you know, Melanie, that's a really interesting topic. I don't know what to do there because they are genuinely learning probably four hours out of the day in front of a screen, genuinely yeah. either yeah. like, a lecture or having to go through, there's a lot of apps now where they do their education. And like some of these apps are really good, but some of these apps, they kind of have like, they gamify it. And so there's side games and I'll I'll be watching it. Um, Uh I'll go in and I'll be like, are you sure this is, are you sure you're learning? Cause they'll be building a house or whatever. And they'll say, yeah, this is part of some dog or or whatever, you know? And I go, okay. (laughs) But it feels kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want them to say, to say that's part of your screen time for the day. Oh yes. Yes. So they get screen time on top of the learning screen time. And it yeah. feels like they're in front of the screen way too much nowadays. I don't know. Um, well, we all are, you know, cause I'm a teacher and you know, yeah. we, I, I had to really, um, cause I'm not used to sitting in front of a screen all day being a teacher. And so I really, um, yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, um, the kids are sitting there and they're looking on the computer and, um, but four hours is a lot, but they have to do their work. Right. Yeah. So like we always do these like little eye breaks with the students. Okay. Like let's have a little eye break and you know, um, but then, yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, you know, your kid, I always say lots of parents, you know, your kid, you know what they can handle and not handle and eight and 10. So I think they, and what, what are they doing on their, um, side, their sides, screen time oh they like okay so my kids are into roblox i don't know if you know roblox they're into minecraft 
Oh, yes. And then they have a couple YouTube channels that are like these anime type channels that have okay. friends going on adventures. And then they like, here's where it gets really crazy is um, they have a lot of channels that they like about people tutoring Minecraft. Yes, so Minecraft was into that. How boring. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I, so my kids, this is kind of crazy. I haven't been a gamer since I probably, um, I haven't done video games seriously. Like I haven't owned a console since probably, you know, I was 15 or 16. So it was back right. in the Nintendo days. And well, we didn't, and, we weren't really into it in the eighties. I guess we were, but not I, like it is now. We, yeah, I, I mean, definitely when I was younger, I, I had an Atari and it was competitive with me and my buddies in the neighborhood. So like Pac-Man scores and Missile Command scores, it's and right. NES yes. came along. Um, the Super Mario, we were definitely competitive, but I, I knew, I always knew it, um, I wouldn't be the guy to shine. Like I never had that eye-hand coordination. Yes. To keep up with a lot of the kids in the neighborhood. And so it was like, I just didn't drift that way. And so every now and again, I would get on a console with a friend, you know, we'd be drinking mm -hmm. or smoking or whatever at their house. And like, we'd play an NBA, whatever game. But mm -hmm. I, I never, I didn't get into it. But now my kids are really into this um, Minecraft. And yeah. I looked into it and I think, this is just my casual observation. I think it is a great game for kids' imagination. It is. There's like building blocks and you have to think and problem solve. Yes. I think yeah. it's really amazing. And so they've been telling me like, daddy, daddy, will you join our world? Will you join? So um, a couple days ago, I signed up, I got an account and now I'm going in and I'm building houses with them and I'm doing different things. Yeah, that's positive. And so, yeah, I'm having fun with it. It is good. Um, but I just, I'm old fashioned in the sense that I, I don't object to video games and I don't object to screen time, but I just think the true development, you know, yeah. like the, the, the brain development, it happens Ta ta uh, what's the word? Ta um, like, um, like hands-on attack. Yes. Like going around, running around, talking with people and playing in yeah. the dirt and playing on the slides, which has all yeah. been taken away from us over the last, like all these things I think is the, is more important. Yes. Than them doing really well on a video game. Um, yeah. and I think there's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people who think, Oh no, video games are the future and people learn. And so I go, no, okay, it's good. But I think, look, we are, you know, we're not that far removed from our caveman right. days. And I that's know. what this brain is built to do. It's built to be out there. It's built to be like, even right now, we're having a good conversation, but how much better would it be if we were just talking to each other? It would be better, right? right? right. Um, and so this whole technology thing, I, I think it's great. And obviously I've made a living out of it, so I'm on board with it. But I still yeah. think it has to be like, if you have a whole pie of your life, like online yes. needs to be at most 30% or, or whatever. It does, you know, and they say that um, when you're learning, um, and they that actually kids prefer the real book, the physical book, than they do reading a Kindle or something. Or I do. Or even taking notes, like, I, I don't know, I'm still this, my brain, like writing the notes. Yes. You know, even like, you know, being a comedian, you write down your set, you know what I mean? And I, it, yes. You learn better that way. 
So, you know, we still need that hands-on and, you know, it's, but yeah, it's, it's a, I always say it's like a balance, but the thing is kids, you know, are young and inexperienced. They don't know how to balance it. I don't know how to balance it. Sometimes I'm on Facebook too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they have a harder time learning how to balance it, but you know, your kids and what they yeah. can handle. But yeah, I remember my Atari. I remember Atari. Yeah, it was great. So before I move on, I'm going to get into comedy here in just a second. But before we move on, so what was the major offense with Cobra Kai? So did you, how many shows did you watch before you realized it was, because it's a series, right? It's a series. And I must say, I only watched one and a half episodes. That means it was really bad in my book. <laughs> because I can give, I can give even pretty bad series like three episodes. To turn something off after one and a half episode, it's got to be bad. Yeah, for yes, you know, and I like I said, I loved Karate Kid. Yeah. Like I think I was in sixth grade when it came out, okay. and um, I was convinced, and I'm still convinced. My like second boyfriend ever. I was way too young for a boyfriend. It wasn't even a boyfriend. We just yeah, said we were together in sixth grade. Right, I never right. saw him after hand holding. <laughs> Not even hand holding. Oh, okay, <laughs> Dad, I didn't hold his hand. Okay, no, <laughs> oh no, your dad is still he still got you on the hook. Yes, and. I was convinced that my my second boyfriend looked like Ralph Macchio. I mean, I was Ooh, just, you were doing good for yourself, Melanie. Ralph Macchio, you know, yeah. and so um, and so then like people were talking about Cobra Kai, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool because I liked the movie. Uh -huh. And then um, I I tried it. I tried the series, and I had I made popcorn. I was sitting on the couch. I'm like, cool, uh -huh. you know. And I I had a beer, and I'm I'm watching it, and with my dog, uh -huh. and I'm like. It, it's just, it's like I'm 48. I'm, you know, a woman, that, a single woman, no kids with my dog on a Friday night going through my perimenopause and I have no connection to it. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at it and like now that I don't want to give away any plot. There's really no plot for me. I well, just, you've only got it one and a half episode in it. You couldn't spoil it. There's no way you could spoil it. What's his name? Is it okay? So Daniel is the Ralph Macchio character, and then Johnny was the bad guy. And Johnny still drives a red car. Remember, he he drove, yeah. drove that sports car. Yeah, and he had a dirt bike, didn't he? That's what he kicked over. Yes, yeah. And, and you know, and then he's like, um, so then he comes. I, I just felt like it, and it's a lot of drama. Mm. Okay, and now maybe the other movie. I guess for me, maybe it just was like new drama for me in sixth grade. Yeah, it was like fresh new drama. Oh wow, he moved to California. Yeah. And he, and oh wow, he's his mom. She works so hard, and yeah. and then he mess, met Mr. Miyagi, and oh gee, and then now they're being picked on him. But now I'm just kind of like I, I can't relate to it. I don't know. I, I yeah. just can't relate to it. And I and my dad had said to me, I can't believe it. And my mom said I loved it. And my so I people make fun of me because I don't like the. The TV show This Is Us, either. I don't even know that one. What, what's oh my good? I'm so glad. I'm, most people are like, "Is something wrong with you?" It's it's like a drama TV show. This Is Us. It's like a. I don't know if your your wife watch anything like that or anything like drama. No, I, actually, I'm the. This is going to sound crazy, but uh, in the cup between me and my wife, I'm the one who is a little more dialed into, um, you know, pop culture, if you will. But, oh, I mean, okay. but I mean, I don't know. I can't, it's stupid to even say that. Cause when I say pop culture, I'm dialed into pop culture of the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were to ask me, you know, the year from the year 2000 to probably 2000, well, God, there were so many errors. Let's just put it this way. I've, 
there was a point in my life where I just stopped paying attention to mass pop culture, whatever. Yes. I, I can't even say MTV because MTV isn't around anymore, right? Or at least, is that where kids get their music? I don't know. I don't know anything. I know. I, know. Kids- I, I, I went through a long time without TV. I mean, I think yeah. years. You know, and now I have I have a TV, and but I have like um, YouTube, and I, I li- have you. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I'm kind of behind on all of it. Like I have to Google stuff. What is this? Like I didn't know what WAP was. W A P. I don't know what that. No, is. Oh, you don't. You're not miss. I don't want to say it. It's weird. Okay. It's weird. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know what. Uh, it's some kind of like. Cardi B song thing. So I, I I just couldn't make a connection with it. And my dad said, you're the only person in the world who doesn't like this is us. It's like a soap opera kind of drama. It's like, what would it be in the eighties or nineties? It would have been maybe eight is an, I used to love eight is enough. Remember eight is enough. I didn't watch that one. No, those are sitcoms. You know what I mean? But yeah. So anyways, I I just don't like the drama things. And, but I, but I love like, I know it's ridiculous. 90 Day Fiance. I know that's ridiculous. I don't know that one either. <laughs> Reality TV. What kind of podcaster am I? You know what? So here's what I noticed. I, I noticed that um, on, on YouTube, I will pay attention to trending podcasts just because I feel like I'm not really in the game. I podcast with my friends and fellow comedians in the uh-huh. stand-up community, but I'm not in the podcast game, so to speak. But I'm like, what would it take to be in the podcast game. And what I found is most people gossip about pop culture. And I don't don't know shit about pop culture. I don't know, um, as far as music goes, there are are some new bands I know, but they're like experimental bands that no one would know about because um, pop music has never really been, except in the eighties, you know, there were some pop stuff that I liked, but I always kind of liked the more edgier, you know, punk or hardcore or rock and roll. I, I liked that kind of scene a little bit more than your standard fare. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know any of these things like 90 Day Fiance or, um, so it's actually, that's another thing as a comic, you know, we go into these rooms and sometimes people, not sometimes, like almost every act. Um, yeah. I have uh, friends and they'll go up and they'll, they'll tell a joke and then I'll, when they come down, I'll be like, I didn't, what were you talking about? And they'll be like, oh, you haven't heard about, you know, like, let's say WAP or let's say like this other thing where evidently people talk into AMR, something where people talk and people just like the sound of voice or something. Yeah, I heard. And, you know, being a teacher, I'm around kids and I'm around schools, you know. So, yeah, ASMR, one of my students. And at first when he said, oh, I like ASMR, I'm like, oh, my God, is this some some kind of sexual thing you sound like? (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> i have to well Google. it is isn't it isn't it some of it is sexual or no oh i hope not because you know i i, I he was just saying because he was he had some problems with anxiety my student oh. and i said oh, so what do you do to help you know bring your anxiety down and you know do you because we were trying to get him to like take deep breaths and you know yeah, yeah. And he gets upset so he can speak better. And, yeah. and so he had said, yeah, AS. And I'm like, oh, God. So then he goes, and I guess it's just kind of like um, people cringling, like, you know, hearing water. When you hear water, it's supposed to help you. Or I don't oh, even know. No. The whole gist of it. Like sounds, like certain sounds. I and get so that. Actually, okay. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually um, in my classroom, we were doing the Zoom meeting. And I had said, oh, ASMR. I said, oh, my, my um, student, I go, yeah, that's right. We were, and I'm like, God, please don't say it wrong, Mountie. Don't say S&M or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
because I'm terrible with like remembering names of things. And so we were like, okay, I go, let's, let's look for one, you know, because we were were having an eye break. And one of them was a cat that was a kitten that was laying on on its back on somebody's lap and they were petting the kitten. And wow. the kitten was purring, and I'm like, oh, my God, Moni, didn't preview this. What's going to happen next? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a kitten. It's not like it's anything strange. But yeah. it's that yeah. sound that relaxes people. But, yeah, I found out about 90 Day Fiance because one of my friends told me about it. And I was like, oh, watch it. And I got hooked. But just like reality TV, certain ones, yeah. I just get, like, interested. Maybe because it's watching human nature i don't know but yeah so i i don't know cobra kai i just couldn't get into it i think i was done with it i was done with karate and then the clencher here and i know i'm not giving away anything because it was i read and i couldn't really read the article apparently ralph macchio wears a toupee in the show oh interesting and i was like that killed it for me i couldn't (laughs) wait he's an italian guy though right yes don't i would think he would have great hair I know. He's 60. He just turned 60. Huh. All right. But, uh, yes. And I was just, and I don't care if he wears a toupee. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get into it. I don't know. No, try, try it and see what you think. No, and I, no I'm not going to try guys, it. What? What's that? I'm not going to try it. <laughs> oh, great. I, I took away a Cobra Kai. Now, no, no, it's not because of you. Where's it on? Is it, is what, what, what streaming service is it on? I probably don't even have it. Netflix. Yeah, I don't have Netflix. You don't have, oh, okay. Yeah. My parents even have Netflix. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm out of it. You know what, here's the thing. I, I think I have, um, let, me, let me do, I, I wanna, this popped into my head. So that's fine. On the Am I Making Sense podcast, every mm-hmm. opinion is valid. And so mm-hmm. Cobra Kai, I mean, I would have never watched it um, because I don't have Netflix anyway, so whatever. But um, here's how out of touch I am. <laughs> I love it. Here's how out of touch I am. There was a few years ago where my mom made a comment about, um, oh, I want to take a selfie over here uh, with this is my background. And then she grabbed her mobile device or whatever, and she took a picture. And I said, what's a selfie? <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm the child. And my, my, my mom is like in her 70s. This was maybe like five years back, six years back. Like now selfie, obviously everyone uses the word selfie. But um, I'm just not, uh, I, I just don't care. Oh, and here's another thing. I was never on, okay, here's the big reason I was blacked out. Here's the big reason. Because I was never into social media until I got into comedy. Oh, okay. It's so funny. I never had any of that. I mean, I back in the um, Friendster days and, and MySpace, I had those, mm-hmm. but I didn't really use it. I just signed up and I had it. And mm-hmm. But then with Facebook, I always was like, man, this this is sketch. This is a, a absolute, um, like a scouring of our inner thoughts. Like it, it's not it's not good. Facebook is not good at all. Facebook is... I mean, I'm totally comfortable with saying that um, any of these social media things where you're posting up every opinion, yep. uh, Twitter, I think Twitter's the worst poison thing. Uh, now I'm on a pedestal here, but Twitter is like really, really bad. I don't I have think. a Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. I, I don't, don't understand get it. post on there. And I, I have a Facebook and an Instagram. Now I tried even like my music thing. I tried Spotify. I couldn't yeah. figure out how the heck to work Spotify. I, I love Pandora. Either. 
you know, the Pandora where they you you, you have a song you like and then they, they recommend other songs. I love that. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I do have, I, I, I do like Facebook. I, I'm, I'm trying to not use it as much. I don't yeah. know, I'm trying to replace it with other things because you could get caught up in stuff. You get caught up. You get, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're the one contributing, then ultimately you're, um, what you're doing is you're, um, giving them content to make them more powerful. So if all I do is post stuff up all day, then I'm a, I should be getting paid, right? Like if I'm posting seven oh. thoughts a day, that's a job. I, I should oh, be interesting. And then, but then if you're just browsing, that's, that's bad too, because then you're like, what's my opinion? I don't know. I have these 15 people that yeah. I follow that I, in real life, I really like, and they find them really interesting. And there's this one's saying this, this one's saying that. And yep. then all of a sudden I get scattered. Like I don't have my own opinion anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But you should really, I mean, again, Tactile. That's the word I was thinking for. We should be interacting with the world, uh, you know, tactile. We sh- what's happening around us, you know, and and then formulating our opinion, maybe read a news article, but even news is getting, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, what I was going to say is, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very out of touch. And um, the only reason I come across new music really is like, if I hear about it discussed, so on YouTube, I do follow musicians and um, oh, okay. just like music lessons and stuff like that. And I'll hear people talking about a band or whatever. And then I'll go uh-huh. check it out and be like, oh, this is good. I like it. And then, and uh-huh. then I'll go on, I have Amazon Prime. So Prime. Oh, I have Amazon too. Yeah. So that's where almost all my content is from. And I specifically, I look for it. I don't have it fed. To, so it's like, oh, Amazon music. And I want to search for band X. And then sometimes they'll give me another something similar, which I think is what Spotify is supposed to do. Yes. Anyway, you know what, Melanie, I just realized we could have a podcast in and of itself called uh, Matthew and Melanie uh, are out of touch or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Where we just talk about how we don't understand what's happening in the world. I don't know. What's a Cardi B? Is a Cardi B a shoe? I don't know. I know, I know. And, you know, I, I, I like a lot. I get stuck in the same kind of music that I always like. And so yeah. I, there's Tig Navarro. I don't know. She's a comedian. I know she, her. Yeah, yeah. The comedy world, I know pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And um, she uh, has a, I think it's a podcast or a show okay. where somebody somebody comes on there and she's like, I don't know who you are. Same kind of the same thing. What do you do? Like the pop culture. She's clueless. That's awesome. That's refreshing <laughs> too. Cause I feel like everyone's gotta be like, you don't know what it, you know, or like we were talking before we got on, like people kind of, if, if I say, if I go on and I say, oh, I tried to watch Orange is the New Black back when I had Netflix. And I go, I didn't, it didn't hook me. Like, oh, you didn't like it? What? Or, you know, like I, like I never watched, um, I never watched uh, Breaking Bad. I don't know what that story yeah. is. So like people, you haven't watched it? What? But like, uh, who who cares? Right? Who does care? Everybody has their own thing. Everybody yeah. has their own thing. So, Melanie, the reason I got you on here is I wanted to just kind of get to know uh, your comedy career. When did uh-huh. you? Because I know we've seen each other. We've seen each other in real life, right? I'm pretty sure yes. we've yes. been on same mics before. Yep. Um, I don't think we got the introduction until we started zooming, and then exactly. I started seeing you on. We were joining all the same mics. So, how long have you been doing comedy? Let's see. I've been divorced for four years. So I, okay. I got divorced and I, you know, I've always about four years. Yeah. I got okay. divorced. I was, I was, uh, 
together with my ex for 17 years and I started liking comedy. I've always liked funny things, yeah. but you know, I started watching a lot of comedy the last couple of years of my marriage and just in general. And, and like, as an escape, I'd love to just get away and watch it. And yeah. then like, when I got divorced, I started like, Oh God, I could, I, I like being, I like people who are funny and I want to be, and then I, I tried it. I tried the open mic. So um, yeah, it's been fun. Where'd you start? Okay. So, um, Let's see my story. Let's see. So I, um, I, uh, inter- interesting thing. I, I always like to see, follow comedians and stuff. And so I, um, this guy that I uh, was dating after I got divorced, it was like a year later after I got divorced. Um, he actually is from San Jose and then he moved to New Jersey and, um, he has, a um, he's like best friends, one of my friends mm. and we started dating and stuff. And actually he was just, he was a stand-up comedian in New Jersey and he oh, would go God. to the city and do comedy. Okay. And, um, so we, I would hang out with him. He's like, Oh, you should try this. You should try, you know, stand up and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And so then, um, but the first time I did it was in New Jersey and oh, it was nice. like a big, like, um, open mic. There must've been like 30 people there. That's the first, and he, he said, at an open mic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is in New Jersey by New York city, you know, okay. so it's, <laughs> it's serious there. Yeah, it is, you know, and, uh, and, you know, um, so I, I went up there and he was, he was very encouraging, you know, he was a very laid back guy, you know, smoked mm. a lot of pot. He yeah. doesn't smoke or drink now, which is great. Yeah. And, uh, he said, get up there. And so I got up there and I didn't really feel nervous being a teacher, you know, I, I yeah. feel uncomfortable in front of people, you know? And so I just, I loved it. So that was in New Jersey. We don't date anymore. Okay. Um, and actually he moved back to California, but he used to do a lot of, um, Stand up in New York City and New Jersey. I don't know. I know that he was in Gotham's. Isn't there a Gotham's Club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He did a show there. I don't. I don't oh, think nice. he had. I think he opened and hosted okay. shows. But he used to do a lot. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, and then I, I, um, I now, would go are you to, from Jersey, or was that just a visit out there? Oh, it was a visit out there. But then I'm originally from upstate New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I went over there. I went to see him. We were dating during Thanksgiving week. I spent uh, Thanksgiving with him. But um, but I'm from upstate New York. I've lived here about 26 years. Okay. You yeah. Might, so you, if we keep burning, you may have to head back east. <laughs> oh, my friends are like, are you ready to come back yet? <laughs> I know. Well, my East Coast friends were all hitting me up this week. Like they, they cause I think back east, they, they knew it was a big deal when those pictures of the orange sky started going back. And I was like, <laughs> No, dude. I, I mean, it's been burning to the east, the west, the south. But I go. I'm. I've been good. But like, you don't understand. It's been. Um, the irony is, the yeah. last two days, as far as the smell of the air, it's been better. Even though it it's been, totally been blacked out. Um, because before it was like just hanging low, and it's you know had the stench of fire, and it was suffocating. And so I said, no, you don't understand. I like. It feels just going out, it feels better, even with the orange sky, even though you know, like, this is wrong. It kind of yeah. like, your lungs aren't, you don't feel like you want to throw up or anything. Whereas the, before, like for a week and a half, we've just had yeah. this terrible um, ashes on the car and stink and this. Yes. Yeah, anyway, um, so not to take away from the story, so, but then you came back here to uh, South Bay and is, and then you just kept going to open mics? Yeah, so I, I came back here, you know, and I the the one Britannia Arms over on Dienza Boulevard, they had an open mic and it wasn't comedy, it was mixed mixed music and open mic. You know what? And I've tried to go to that one multiple times. Oh. 
And I, for some reason, I don't know if it was starting late or whatever, but I was hanging around and the bartender was like, well, I'm not sure when the guy's showing up. And so I would end up bouncing like at nine or nine 30. Cause I, okay. but I, I never had success getting time over there. So it was, they did let comedians up over there, huh? Yes, they did. And you know, okay. um, they, um, on and off, they had different people. There were two different guys that were doing it. And okay. when, when they, they didn't have many people because I don't think a lot of people knew about it. Maybe it wasn't right. really reliable. It's not reliable. Like for Scotty's for Scotty. Right. Um, so I would get up there and um, there was musicians there and um, there weren't a lot of people there. And sometimes he would let me go up twice and he would let me go up for like seven or 10 minutes. Cause it's, I didn't know there was nobody there. Yeah. So then I went yeah. to a cafe for Scotty and I always loved that. Yeah. You know, that's a nice community. George is, it was yeah. just great. You know, it's a really nice, just that community. And yeah, I started going to Mike's and um, I love watching comedy too. I like watching people, you know, go up there and perform and just hearing people and stories. You know, I, I love, I saw Mortified. Did you ever see Mortified? Did you ever hear the Mortified series? Uh, no. This is actually fun. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link later where people okay. read their diaries from like, from the you know 80s, what? 90s. Somehow, I do know this. I don't know that I've ever watched it, but I think I saw trailer. What, is this also a Netflix thing or... It's Netflix, but it's also they have it on. They have a podcast, Mortified Podcast. Okay. So people just tell stories about themselves. They read their diaries, and you know, dear diary. And I love hearing people's stories and their yeah. funny things. You know, so that's interesting. So th- this is kind of funny because I, I journal. Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, that's yeah. good. I do too. I, I don't do as much as I want to, but I do. I, I try to keep myself to three pages a day. Um, That's great. And a lot of it is nonsense, but I've never gone back and read it. And I've thought, what if I try and get on stage and pick a day and just how stupid my brain was on that given day. But a lot of my stuff is really incoherent, you know, like, so I read this book called, um, I've read two books. So on top of uh, doing standup comedy, uh-huh. I've always, I've always kind of wanted to be a writer, you know, like write stories, short stories or novels or whatever. So I've read these books. Um, it's a creative side. Yeah. Yeah. So I've read these books. One is called writing to the bones by, okay. um, I, I, I want to make sure I get this right and credit the person, um, writing to the bones, um, because she's a great resource. Um, her name is Natalie Goldberg. Um, okay. Yeah. Very well known, both creative writer, poet, and, uh, like a teacher of writing. So writing to the bone. And then the other one, I, um, the artist workshop, uh, artist oh, okay. works. Sh- wait, hold on. Um, oh no. Artist workbook. Is it workbook? No, the artist way. Oh, I think I've Artists that. way. Okay, so there's two books. Um, the Artist Way is by Julia Cameron. Um, so these two books I've read on on kind of writing in the creative process. And mm-hmm. in both of them, what they say is they both encourage, not just encourage, like they say, this has to be your regiment. You can't be a writer mm-hmm. and not do this. They both say you have to have a journal of just every thought that comes to your mind every day. Yeah. Not every thought, but I mean, 
what I'm trying to say is when you, you have to block off a time of the day where you say, I'm going to write three pages. Yep. And you don't write with any intent. You don't go, oh, I'm going to tell a story about Jack walking up a hill and he's got a friend, Jill. You can't have any intent. You have to sit down and just say, my shoulder hurts right now. Uh, this air is really smoking, whatever. And just write, 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 write. Yeah. Um, because what they say is that's like a priming of the pump of oh, connecting, yes. uh, c- connecting your brain and your hand. And it was really a weird coincidence because I went into this stage where I was reading a lot of books on the creative process and over and over people were talking about journaling. And yes. so I go, well, who am I to question all of these people who are, <laughs> you know, yes. published authors and teachers. So, so I just do that. But I, but I realize it's not, it's not anything that is worth a, 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 like a book or a joke. Sometimes jokes come out. Actually, I take that back. Yeah. I've had a number of jokes or premises that are kind of absurd that I have been able to take from that session onto stage. So I, I should take that back. There is some good stuff, but most of it, it's like I have books and books of just nonsense. And I go, would, would I be able to get some laughs if I read about how stupid my thought processes in the morning. How, long, you know? how many years have you been doing that? Did you do it as a teenager? Or? Oh, no, no. This is within the last three years. Oh, no, you could. Because that's that's what they do in this college. It's mortified. And okay. people get up there and they read their diaries. I was cleaning my, um, cleaning out, because I made a, an office in my spare bedroom. And I found my Judy Bloom diary. And I was okay. reading it. I'm like, oh, my God. So it, it, it was humorous. Yeah. You know, like yeah. my first boyfriend broke up with me because. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why, you know. Uh. But, yeah, it, you, you go back and you read it. That's it's cool that you keep it. And you can kind of see, you know, because I, I think being a comedian, um, I mean, I, I this is a hobby. I, I mean, I, I'm not yeah. living off of it. But I do enjoy it. And um, I, I like entertaining and stuff is that you know it is you are writers you do become writers yeah you got it and, and, and everybody's different i know some people like do you handwrite it or do you put it in your phone or you type it yeah i have a process i have a process it's um yeah. it's pretty uh um and i wanted to ask you about your process too mine mine is pretty ocd so what i do is okay. if i if let's say i mind and the journal has to be handwritten that's another thing they say yeah. you yeah. can't type yeah. these things you have to use your hand that's why, um, yeah, that's why it's so important the kids get that tactile. And- yes, yes. <laughs> and um, so I'll write it and let's say something pops in there. Well, then I'll transcribe it to documents I have on the computer. Oh. Some Google Docs because uh-huh. I can do a search on that and I can bullet point and I can do things like that, right? So yeah. I'll take it from the written page and then I'll type it in, which also yeah. kind of helps cement it because then you see it written neatly and mm-hmm. you can realize you can move things around. It's so much easier to edit. Yes, yes. Okay. And then, so that's, I just have a sheet of just what I consider either premises or jokes. Just okay. a, a, a Google Doc, pages and pages of this. But then when I do a set, like let's say I'm going to an open mic or a Zoom, then I literally, and I have another document where I, I go, what jokes do I want to try and tell tonight? And I'll write them all out. Mm-hmm. Oh, you write word by word. Word by word. Yeah. And it never comes out that way when I'm either on stage or on a mic. I always jumble it. But I, in my head, I go, I want to say precisely this. Okay. So I have an idea of what I want to do. But when I would go to open mics, not Zoom, because Zoom calls, I just kind of read. 
I mean, I, I don't know if you pick up on it in the Zoom call, but I'm basically reading to you guys. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll change some words because I'll look at it real time and go, oh, that doesn't look right. Or sometimes a thought will pop into my head. But most of my time that I'm on with Zooms, I'm literally, I'm, I'm literally, it's like a teleprompter. I'm just reading it. But what I would do for um, real mics is I would get out a piece of paper, uh, like a spiral piece of paper, you know, from a spiral. Uh-huh. And then I would just write, um, not the whole joke, but I would bullet point and say premise. And then I would indent and what the punch should be in like 15 words or less. Oh, okay. If it's a long story, obviously I'm not going to write the whole long story on a piece of paper, but I liked having that in my back pocket. It was like a, it's like a, it felt like a security blanket to know that I had written out a set. Yeah. So that's my process. How how about you? How do you come up with material and how do you? um, Yeah. So like I, um, let's see, I, I do like to write it down. I have like a little, I have a notebook. I have a notebook that I write. Uh, I just started doing that because uh, yeah, I had a notebook that I would write and I would just write down my thoughts uh, and write down little stories like, you know, um, just free writing. And then um, I, I actually, I have one thing I have cards. I put them on cards because I would talk a lot about in the beginning when I started doing comedy, I would talk a lot about all the bad dates I was on. Oh, nice. <laughs> bad relationships. Yeah. So each guy had a card, you know, like nice. this one said, I, he said, I dabbled in Scientology. That, that wasn't, a, that, you know, that was, once you go on a card, I, I don't go yeah. back to it. <laughs> Another one, uh, he says, gluten gives me diarrhea. Then he ate all my, my nachos. Oh my God, that joke wrote itself. <laughs> and then, um, oh, I, I, I met him and he said, hey, so when's the last time you had sex? And I'm like, Hello? can I get through the salad at least? So this kind of helped me. <laughs> oh, he's 48 and said, I had to take out a loan from my brother to get a vacuum, to buy a vacuum. Oh no. So these kind of helped me because it was just kind of like little things. But I do. That's um, hilarious. I'm more linear. I'm not as linear. See, it's good. Everybody's brain works differently. They're, yeah. You're very linear, and that's good. I, I I'm kind of like I wish I could be that way. But then I started. I have a notebook, and I write the date, and then I I write down the bullet points. Like I just say certain things, you know, um, like little other uh, stories of like say this, 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 and this, and then I look at it, um, and then I do tend to just like go off the cuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like, and I think people do that at open mic. So they just kind of try things out because I'm not afraid to do that. I know it sounds weird. Like some people can't, but I don't mind just talking and yeah. working it out that way, too. Does that well, make sense? No, that does. And when I actually that's why I'm really itching to get back to actual stage time. Yes. Yeah. I so I always went in with a game plan, but I never stuck to the game plan. So a lot of my stuff, a lot of the material would end up just changing sometimes for the better, a lot of times for the better, but with a zoom call, I can't, um, you know, sadly, I can't judge what's going on. I I don't know if I'm doing well or whatever. So that's why I just read to people on this. I just read. And I mean, I, I don't know, like, was that, did that go over? Well, did that not go over? Well, I have no idea because you can't tell who's laughing. Sometimes people are doing dishes. You can't tell who's laughing. You can't. So when I get back to on stage, it's going to be much looser. I always have an objective, but, but then I just change it as 
as things either, you know, obviously I can't memorize it like I could if I was just reading off a paper. And so words yeah. sometimes accidentally are moved around or sometimes yeah. I'm feeling something. And yeah. I don't know what, I, why, what I'm feeling, but I say, I want to say this instead. And then I say it and then it sticks and I go, yeah. oh, that's pretty cool. And then what yeah. I used to do is I used to record all my sets and I would, oh. I would say that felt cool. And then I would go back and I would watch the video and I, and then I would be able to rewrite it out in my, um, my, my Google document. I'd be able to read, oh. I think this is a better direction to go with this, with the premise. So I, I like to think I'm trying to be as, um, scientific as possible with yeah. stand-up comedy, but you know, I know it's a, um, it's an art form that's best if you just feel it, but I'm also yeah, trying to be I, scientific and feel it, you know? I like being able to, like that live setting with people, I like being able to interact with the audience. You know oh. what I mean? It's one thing, I, I, that's what I enjoy doing. You know, like, yeah. oh, you see somebody and you're like, oh yeah, that's right, what do you think, you know? Because I, I guess I'm used to being like, as a teacher, trying yes. to get everybody's attention and kind of relate to people. I like, I love, that's the one thing, making those connections with the audience. Well, in person, I, I mean, in person, you just know if you're having good vibrations with people. You yeah. just know the vibrations. Yeah. You know, as a, as a teacher, you just know when the class isn't listening. And you right. go, all right, well, I have my curriculum, but right now I need to figure out how to first get this vibration back in place. And yeah. so that's why with the Zoom stuff, and I've said this on the podcast before, and it's not meant to be disparaging, but it's just right. kind of my, my attitude. So I'm not disparaging anything, but you know, I, I know this zoom thing is only a temporary phase in stand-up comedy, not temporary, but you know, it's like, we're going to get back to real, to real stand-up comedy again. But if this was just the only thing we had to look forward to, I, I may, I may drop out. Yeah. Well, you know what I do is I, um, you know what I like about um, with with the open mic that um, Pete does, and then I do on Tuesdays. Yes. I like to have people take their microphones off. The mics off. What do you call it? Mute up and off, so we can hear them if they want to. Yes. And then watch looking people. Like I scan and look at people, and like if I see somebody chuckling or they make a face, oh yeah. <laughs> and this is a teacher. Yeah. Oh, Sebastian, I could tell you really like that. Or uh, you know yeah, your yeah. name. Oh yeah. Um, Jennifer, oh, Jennifer agrees with me, don't you, Jennifer? Huh? I got a, I got a little eye wink at you. You know, you know, yeah. you kind of make that connection that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? You kind of bring them in because sometimes people don't want to be brought in. But uh, yeah, I, that's the other thing I like about comedy is like connecting with people in the yeah. audience because everybody. Hopefully, you, you're talking about something people can relate to. Yeah. So let me ask you this: so being a teacher, I my sister's a teacher. Oh, okay. And you know, there were, there were times in my life where I really, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. Um, but I, in my career, I still get to do train. I've been doing training pretty much my, almost my entire career, not regularly, but I've had to do it um, over time. So I've always been one of these weirdos who I enjoyed getting in front of people and talking about something. Well, see, and that's what? not a weird thing. That's, that's, a, that's a skill. That's right. a skill. When did you realize you liked being in front of people uh, talking to them? Oh, God. You know what? When I was younger, I was incredibly shy because okay. I'm a twin. So my younger, yeah. my twin would always, she's always outgoing and she oh, makes the friends. 
and we're identical. And she's back east. She lives by Buffalo, New York. Okay. And she would always like, you know, speak and, you know, uh, was more outgoing. And then I kind of like make friends with her friends. And, you okay. know, and it's funny because even like when I was in uh, sixth grade, seventh, eighth grade, you know, back then we had the rotary phones yeah. and I yeah. want to call a boy or a boyfriend. And I was so shy. Uh-huh. I didn't, I said, Melody, can you call? Her name's Melody, by the way. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and I said, can you call and ask for him? <laughs> I, I was too shy to say, hi, is Steve there? Uh, so she would call and yeah. then because I didn't want to talk to the parents I don't know but I was always really shy and then I think I and then I got like and I continued to be shy in college maybe and then like I think just throwing me in there I worked at a program with people who had severe behaviors they were uh special needs because okay. I'm a special ed teacher okay. and so I um and there were small groups you know what I mean like right. maybe nine people but I just I think I just got more confident you know what I mean and more yeah. you know and and I don't, I don't know I mean um and so I it was I a know. gradual thing there was no point in time where you're you were like oh, yeah man, I like being in front of okay yeah there was a gradual thing and I I think maybe I just developed more like even the comedy thing these last four years I kind of found out who I was as a mm. woman you know what I mean because yeah. I was because I was in my um, relationship for seventeen years and then I, I was married before I'm not. Like you would get the Elizabeth Taylor as reference. I'm not Elizabeth Taylor. I've been married twice. <laughs> but you know, my I was Wait, you've I been got, married twice or you haven't been married twice? I have been married twice. Oh, okay. My first marriage, I was 23. Okay. And then I was married until I was 26. And then like a year later, I met my second husband and we were together eight years before we got married. So I always say half my life, I've been in a relationship. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of nice that, you know, I, like now I haven't been, you know, the last four years and it's been great. I kind of found out who I was and gained more confidence. I don't know. I don't know if that helps people when they're, when they have to do comedy, they kind of find out who they are. I, you know, I, um, I had a bit I don't know if I'm going to keep it, but it was around hearing that um, some people say comedy is like therapy for me. Yes, it is. <laughs> right. And so I was the, I took the alternate and said, it's not therapy for me. It's stressful for me or not stressful, but it's like induced. So, and I took that as a kind of hardline opposite. Cause you know, I, a lot of times I think another reason that people take to comedy is because they're contrarian. So my personality is I'm contrarian. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, I'm ki- I'm kind of an asshole to be around sometimes like, you know, you'll be like, "Hey, the sky the, the sky is blue." And I'll be like, "Oh, that's not blue, it's kind of hazel." Whatever. Like I I'll always have my way to So I would I was hearing this over and over about therapy and I go, "Is this really therapy what I'm doing because I'm going out late, which I'm a morning person." So going out late is actually you know, it means I'm not, I'm getting like four hours of sleep <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. and, and I'm drinking, which I'm at, you know, I, I have the gene, um, which is like, I shouldn't be drinking too much. And yeah. then, uh, and then I'm, I'm writing about like pretty deep, deeply personal stuff and sharing right. with strangers. So I go, I don't think this is helping me, but, but here's why I'm thinking maybe I'll change it because, um, The area that I think it's helped me with is I do feel when I have a point of view now, Uh sometimes I would be contrarian with friends and family to kind of, I got Uh a kick out of being the, uh, what do you want to call that? The heel or just take the opposite view. Like if I'm in a room full of conservatives, 
I'll do uh-huh. something. I'll, I'll take the stance of the real liberal. If I'm with a lot of liberals, I'll take the stance of the really conservative person just to like stir the pot, like <laughs> a like, shit disturber, right? Shit disturber, I love um, So, but I never was really strong in my convictions. I was just a shit disturber. But I yeah, do think- you get a reaction, right? Just yeah, because so- I like the reaction. But I do think, right, trying to write jokes, and you kind of know my humor. I'm kind of absurd. I don't really have necessarily a strong- stance on anything i try to keep my jokes really absurd and silly but uh-huh. it you do have to be you do have to have conviction behind your jokes yeah confidence and yeah. i never i didn't understand when i would hear comedians talk about that about your voice and, and i still don't i'm still too early on and about conviction and owning what you say and having responsibility with but i think i'm starting to understand like when you say something if you want anyone to enjoy it, if yeah. you want, actually, if you want anyone, not even enjoy it, if you want anyone to react to it. Yeah. You or even listen believe, to it. You, yeah. You better believe in what you're saying. Even yeah. if you know all logic and whatever does not apply. It's wrong. Like you could say it's totally wrong, but you yourself better get on stage. And when you say it, you better, you better believe it mm-hmm. or, no one's going to give a forget about laughing no one's even going to give a fuck about you um yeah and so yeah so cobra kai i i believe that i hate that stupid movie yeah (laughs) and you know what because we're having this podcast and because i have no reference i believe that you hate it and i'm it's done you're not going to say the contrary and well it would be the best movie (laughs) no not for this one because you came in with so much conviction yeah. yeah, I think I think comedy has been therapy for me because yeah. you know I think it has been helped me work out things and you know, I think it, it has helped me. You yeah. know what I so, mean? It's, yeah. So that's why I think I might drop that bit because it might be disingenuous to say it wasn't therapeutic because in a way it helped me really think. Okay, yeah, I get it. Comedy is just about getting people to laugh. I get it. I get yeah. it. But even in life, you should probably have convictions about things that you're trying to talk about or say, and you can't just be this guy going in and trolling, so to speak. That was the word I was looking for. So this is another, trolling, that's the word. I, I troll people because I like to get reactions out of people. See, that, that's a skill though, to be able to troll somebody. Oh, it's a skill. Some of these trolls are hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. But here's the problem. Um, if it's someone like me who can just be like, oh, that's funny, whatever. But there's a lot of people who either take it seriously and are offended or people take it seriously and think that that's a real person with a real opinion. So I think yeah. that's, that's where the trolling, the modern day trolling is like, oh man, it's kind of, it's, it's a little <laughs> sketchy because there's, there's people out there who, you know, their job is a troll, but people are taking them very seriously. Yes. Yes. Um, so how did you, how did the Tuesday night Woodhams mic come to Oh, be? so like, you know, I, um, I don't know. I just felt like I, cause I, I, you know, obviously I, I watch comedy and I used to go to open mics and then the pandemic, the global pandemic happened mm-hmm. and the, the zoom, I was able to, you know, watch a lot of com, you know, zoom mm-hmm. shows, you know, and seeing um, a lot of shows and doing the open mics. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe I could, um, I could, you know, do a Zoom show, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I could do an open mic because I like supporting people. I like supporting comics and stuff and, you know, and seeing people and, you know, and I and I told Pete, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll host one. You know, he said, you should, you should. He, mm-hmm. And he goes, you'll get better real fast. I'm like, am I already good? 
<laughs> what the hell, Melanie? You've been doing this four years. Yeah. It is, I, I, the one thing with me, with the comedy, I just want to have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I don't really, I take it seriously sometimes when, I mean, if, if I'm going to be like, you know, if I'm going to be doing like the open mic, I, I take it seriously and stuff. But yeah. and, and he, I go, um, can you, I wanted to have a co-host because um, I just, it, the technology part of it, like putting somebody yeah. on spotlight. And, oh, and the other thing is I went to the, there's this Saturday mic, it's called, chicks with mics and it's all women okay. and I really liked it at first I thought I want to do an all women's mic and then um they're like and I was and then I felt like well you know maybe I don't know maybe maybe it'd be cool to get some guys in there I said well I'm gonna have guys in open mic I want to have a male co-host so then I talked to Pete and he's like he said I'll help you and I had asked him I said can you, he, he's been a great mentor yeah I mean, he really is and so he he's helps everybody great. out I I really I can't say enough about that guy he's always you know, looking out for you or trying to give you some advice or, uh, you know. Yes. And you know what? That's the one thing. It's interesting. So he's, he started helping me out and, uh, you know, um, I, um, gives me pointers and I'm like, oh, wow. And so, uh, very, just very laid back and very like positive, you know, mm -hmm. it's interesting because I was thinking about, um, how, like, cause Pete does it full time. I know. Yep. And he, I think he gets like a part time. He does other jobs too, you know, yeah. but that's, his main he's thing grinding. is comedy. Yeah, and, and I've seen people who do that, that they're working. That's their main thing is to do comedy. And like, he gets a lot of gigs and headlines and he used to tour with Felipe Esparza, mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. comedian. In. I love that guy. Yeah. I love him too. And I was kind of like, God, you know, and here's the thing I've, I've noticed just from like the four years and I may be talking out of my ass. I don't know, but I've seen people who kind of get the headlining and get the tour. I, I don't want to get to that point, but they really have people skills on top of being funny. Yeah. They really can, they can work a job. Right. You know what I mean? They can listen, they can follow directions and, and yeah. he has some people skills. Yeah. I know he, if he ever listens to this, I'll be like, no, I don't. He does. He has good people skills. Him and George, you, I mean, the, you got to have those people skills to be able to work in audience, to be patient, to yeah. listen to people. So um, I, I think it's really interesting. Like you could be funny and you could be harsh or, you know, shocking, but you got to be, have a, be a decent human being and treat people decent. Yeah. But doesn't that make sense? Have you noticed that with some of the people that, that well, you have to yeah, no, I definitely with some people on our scene, there's definitely there are um, a lot of, let's say, senior experienced comics who look out for us who are not senior experienced. And, you know, maybe maybe it's not necessarily like they're helping us write or anything, but they're just they're kind of they're watching out for. Us. So my my whole thing is like. It's like with everything, you can't walk into any community and expect it to be rosy. Mm -hmm. There's trouble and there's troubled personalities, but overwhelmingly, I mean, I've been having a blast. Oh yeah, people are so great, yeah. I've been having a blast and I, I haven't felt, but again, this is probably just my position in the stand-up thing is like, I'm purely an open mic guy and like you, that's really my only ambition is I just want to, I want to go to two to three open mics per week and see yeah. how good I can get. At yeah. writing and telling jokes, but I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 44. My, I have two, two kids. I'm yeah. more or less, I'm on my trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> my tra yeah. trajectory is I need to be a cor corporate drone for at least 10 to 15 more years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so go by fast too. <laughs> probably it'll probably go by fast. So I, um, 
you know, I'm just trying to enjoy the moments as we get them on stage. And now I'm really, when we do open up again, I mean, I'm going to appreciate those five minutes on stage even more because yes. it's, you realize after something like this, like, oh, something that you loved and really yeah. um, was fun for you, it can be taken away like that. Yes. And um, I mean, I'm lucky I got other things that I love also that keep me occupied. But like for some of these comics, you know, um, that I know they were pushing hard and they were make, trying to make it a career and it was all yanked out from under them and they've got I talent know. and they've got ambition. And it's like, yes. well, sorry, there's no more comedy clubs. There's no, there's nothing yeah. to work towards. And we don't know when you can start working again. Like yep. that's, that's, I really feel bad. I, I feel I, bad for the, the arts, just any live entertainment because same thing with musicians. I know there's a lot of talented musicians who are on the sidelines right now. I've read articles about people who do uh, theater and they're just like, yeah. theater is decimated because theater is yeah. like this whole thing where, you know, you have entire communities roving around productions. You don't just have the actor on stage. You have yeah. directors, you have costumes. It's all done. No it's one's like doing lights and everything. And this was their income. So they're all, and they're, so what are they qualified to do? They're going out and just finding jobs, you know, just to keep the lights on. And it's, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to take that turn to get all depressing, but anyway, but yeah. Um, true though, but yeah, so I, you know, it's, it's, I, I really think that like, so the open mic thing, I, I, I do, I, I think I'm going to continue to host it. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever do it in a bar. You know what I mean? Cause sure, I do sure. like the zoom part of it. It's easier. I don't have to like drive there and everything, but I, I do, I like interacting with people and getting to know people and hearing. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think as a, um, the one thing about, Jorge and um, Pete and Coral, you know, Coral best, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I love Coral, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, the thing is when you, they, they're personable, they get, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They, 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 you gotta really have those people skills to interact, yeah. do an open mic, you know what I mean? To be able to be like something, Oh, I'm running five minutes late. Okay. Okay. We'll shift you around. So yeah. So I, I enjoy it, you know, and um, it's been well, fun. I, so I have, I've hosted an open mic for oh, uh, Jacob. Contreras over at off the wall here uh, in Campbell. And it was hard for me, man. It was hard because okay. first off, there was some drunks up front that I was just battling the whole night. Oh, Three drunks that I was battling. I'm like, oh, you gotta be Tuesday fucking kidding night? me. This is my, yeah, this is my first, this is my first time hosting and I'm just battling these fucks. And it turned out to be like one of these nights where just people kept showing up, people kept texting me and hitting me up. And I was like, Oh my God. And it went until I, I think it went to closing time. So wow. it was from nine till closing, whenever that was 1230, whatever. I was so tired afterwards. Yes. Now yes. I do, I do have ambition to open, to start an open mic. Um, so I am going to do that, but doing that every week and, and Pete had been doing, he's been doing it for what, like seven, eight years at Woodham's plus whatever else he does. And, you know, um, I think Atu had been doing, has been doing it five years and Jorge was doing it five years. I mean, that's a chunk of your life. It is, it is. And then, you know, the thing is, um, that's hard when you're when you're in the bar setting. I don't know how I'd feel about doing it in the bar setting mm. or any kind of setting like that. I mean, it's totally different than on Zoom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, it is. I, and um, I know that like 
people, I heard, I heard somebody say, oh, you should do a showcase. I think one of the, I think it was over at Cafe for Scotty, like, George, why didn't you ever make this into a showcase? Why is it always an open mic? Well, I think that's just like the, what people, he, that's his, that's his skill. He wants to, you know, open mic's important for the community. (laughs) I think it's. Can you build that community? I mean, my opinion is it's more important than the showcase because the showcase is like, the showcase is like, you're already getting someone who's pretty much put a lot of effort into something. Whereas the open mic, you're just taking riffraff off the street and saying, okay, are you going to do it every week to get good at it? And you having to be patient with people who don't have any skills or maybe don't. Patience, that's what it takes. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. And then, and then like, like I had experience, you, you're dealing with people who are drunk. Who, oh, see, I don't know if I, I mean, I could deal with it. Cause I, I teach special ed and I used to deal with people who have behaviors, but I, I guess I'm being a female. I'm a little bit, but I guess people look out for each other, but I'd be kind of harder. Do I have to, you know, tell a guy, you know, Hey, get out of here or something. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And about a co- I think it's fun to have a co-host to always have somebody else. So that was another thing I did. Me and Jacob, co-hosted one time we were going to try and do like a bumping mics type theme where we would riff oh. off each other and you know it was uh it was rough it was rough but we gave it a go uh we might try it again someday but um was it, it was just because of the drunk people or no no i think we couldn't get our chemistry going because we went in with no game plan and we were saying hey let's let's do a double intro where we both get on the mic and say something and then bring up another comic and let's just try and riff. Like we didn't write anything down. We had no jokes. We just got up and Hey, uh, so, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, um, and then I think that's a skill riffing with another person on stage that yeah. it takes time to develop. And, you know, we were just flopping around trying to make something happen. And I don't know, I think some people said they liked it, but I, I think my own critique of it was like, we kind of felt a little bit like we didn't, we didn't figure it out at all, but I'm going to do it again at some point. And maybe in our future, we'll do that. If I'm, if I have open mic or whatever I can have, we can try doing a double, like two people on stage to bring up the next comic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because Pete kind of, he told me it was interesting. He described that. He's like, Melanie, you know, it's kind of like when you're a host, you're kind of like, it's like a relay you're running and you get the microphone person. And then the last thing you say is their name. You send it off to them. Uh, and he said, comedy's, the comedy's all about timing. And I'm like, I never really thought about it being timing. Maybe I have to work on my timing. Everybody's yeah, looking yeah. and they're, you know, they're, they're waiting for their turn. And so uh, it, it kind of was interesting. He gave me that, inner, you know, it's, he's pretty, pretty skilled. Yeah, yeah, he is. Got a lot of knowledge. Cool. Well, we're coming up a little over an hour. Okay. So let's do that. Let's do um, talk about uh, any promotion. If you're going to be on any other zoom mics, I know, um, unfortunately I wanted to get you on before you did your live show and we didn't even get a chance to talk about that. You did a live show in what looked to be a professional wrestlers uh, cage match type thing. Um, but do you have any stuff coming up and um, when's your mic normally happening? Oh, so I have um, my Zoom open mic on Tuesdays. Um, it's called Mel and Moons and it's seven o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So I'll be. And everyone's Moons. welcome, right? Anyone who wants to tell jokes. Exactly. Anybody, they, I, I advertise it um, and, and just message me and I'll put you on there. And I don't know. I mean, it was nice because um, 
Mean Dave and um, had invited me to do the uh, a set of, uh, I think it was called a feature set, uh, a special guest. That was a special guest. Nice. How did it <laughs> go? What's it? How did it go? You know, it went well. I, I you know, I want to tell you that doing open mics like three or four a week, mm-hmm. it really helps you feel confident about your stuff. Yeah. It really helped me because I, I wasn't very nervous. You know, I just got up there and, and, um, and so, um, I mean, I was talking to cars and there were lights flickering nice. and uh, I went four minutes because Dave said you go five or seven. I, I did four and I was like, okay, I think I'm done. Yeah. But it was the comedy drive-in. They have it at Newark, yep. California. They have the drive-in and it's fun to go to and watch. I actually was, I wanted to go to that one, but I had kind of a last minute family thing that I had to attend to, but I was trying to make that one because I had had um, Sean Oh, um, Sean, he's hilarious. Yeah. I like Sean. Sean is so great on so many levels. Um, so I knew he was going to be there. And then I saw that you were going to be there. And I go, oh, I got to pop by and say hi to everyone. Sweet. Um, yeah. But I, I, I'm sorry. I, I ended up, I couldn't make it. Um, but yeah, it sounds like a really good mic and it sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just continue to do the um, open mics, you know. Okay. Do you have it? Yeah. So thank you for asking. Yeah, cool. Well, Melanie, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you yeah. joining me again. Uh, thanks for joining me. I, for me, these are like, okay, we were talking about therapy. For me, the podcast 100% are therapy for me. Oh, Just cool. Talking, yeah, talking well, with other people and more yeah. so in person. Like we'll do an in-person one when, you know, everyone's more comfortable with wherever the uh, this pandemic's at. But but yeah, just sitting down and talking with people and hearing their stories and whatnot, it's always been very uh, helpful for me. Yes. So I appreciate you coming Thank on. You. Thank and you. I will be on your mic next week. So sign okay. me up right now. Okay, I'll sign and, you up. Uh, Thank you for everything that you're doing. Definitely, um, you're, you're there now. You're, you're up there with uh, the other open mic hosts as far as helping oh, out the community you. and <laughs> yeah, keeping things going in these troubled times. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Troubled waters. <laughs> Troubled waters. Boy, oh boy. Thank well, you so thank much, you. Melanie. Take care.